Hello folks and welcome to yet another very special episode of Sigma Sports Presents Matt Stevens Unplugged. It does feel like we just do special episodes now, but we don't. We have got lots of normal ones lined up too. But this one is very special because we're coming to you live from Ruler Live London. Live! Well, it's not actually live. It's as close to being live as possible, but you get the idea. Coming up on the podcast, I'll be chatting to Team DSM rider and British National Road Race champion Pfeiffer Georgie about her goals for next season and her weirdest teammates. Fellow sports commentator and expert pronouncer of foreign-sounding names Rob Hatch looks forward to this end-of-the-season party. And Ian Cleverly, the executive producer or EE at Ruler magazine, describes how he won't stop hugging people for the next three days. Now, since Sigma Sports are the official retail partner of Ruler Live, we have access all areas passes. So come along with me and soak up the buzz, embrace the party atmosphere, allow yourself to be transported to Ruler Live London and enjoy the pot. Podcast. I'm recording this entire podcast from Ruler Live in London, a really cool annual event in Victoria House, Bloomsbury Square. Just walking around, I can see exhibits from lots of top cycling brands like Wahoo, Universal Colors, and Specialized, to name but a few. And of course, there are some really amazing guests on stage like Anna van der Breggen, Geraint Thomas, Roman Bardet and Nico Roach and loads more. Plus, at the time of recording this, there are still a few tickets left. So check out ruler.cc for info on those if you're in the London area and fancy swinging by on Friday the 5th or Saturday the 6th of November this year. Now, I've managed to grab a quick chat with one of the most exciting rising stars of British cycling. Pfeiffer Georgie rides for Team DSM and was recently crowned British National Road Champion at the tender age of just 21. I was keen to find out when exactly she realised she was about to become British Champion and what her goals for next season might be. Enjoy. Well, um, we're here in, uh, um, where are we? Victoria House. Is that what it's called? No? Let's yeah. get involved early. Thank you very it much, is, Pfeiffer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Just introduce yourself. I'm chatting to Pfeiffer George. We're here at the Ruler Classic. This is the first time we've met, actually. Yeah. But I have, I had the pleasure of commentating on your British Championship win the uh, other day yeah. <laughs> on the Michael Gate, which was nothing short, sort of sen- as sensational. And let, do you know what? Let's plunge straight in. Yeah. Um, how's your life changed since you won that championships? And did you sleep in the jersey? Uh, I actually didn't sleep in it, okay. but it's yeah, been been pretty cool since winning that. Um, for me, it was quite a shock. Uh, I think yeah, when I came across the line, it was just like a big surprise, and I think just the realization that I was going to get to wear the jersey for the next year, like in all my races, and yeah, I think not everyone gets to do that in their career. So I think just the realization of that and how special it actually is is yeah, pretty cool and. Yeah, I'm still quite young, so I didn't expect to win it. And so it's been, yeah, pretty crazy. And getting my new kit and everything, it's been an exciting few weeks, actually. So DSM clearly managed to turn that kit around very, very quickly because you, you had it on within a few days. So they must have maybe been semi-expecting you to do a good performance. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> they Yeah, they asked me to get them in contact with the design um, at British Cycling. And then, yeah, they came back and I was hoping it had white sleeves and it did. So I was happy about that. Um, and I got to wear it for Drenta, which was the last World Tour race of the season. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty special putting that on. And, yeah, always at the end of the season, you're a bit tired, losing motivation. But, yeah, I just, with that jersey, there was I just felt amazing. It was I was so excited to race and it was, yeah, really special. That must have been wonderful, actually, for the first time 
had that having that jersey in your lap, pinning on those numbers or sticking on the numbers. I don't know what you can yeah. use these days, but um, that must have been really special because, and then riding in it, you, you can't ignore it. Even when you're suffering, you're on the edge. All you've got to do is just look ever so slightly to the left or to your right. And, and there's those bands on the end of your sleeves. Yeah. It's special, isn't it? And also it was really nice because in the peloton, like riders from other teams and everyone were coming up and congratulating me. And yeah, some of the senior riders were saying, well done. And yeah, that was pretty cool. Just everyone like acknowledging the jersey. And yeah, also Alice Barnes was, yeah, I was away with her in that race. So that was quite cool having the previous national champion and the current one riding together. Um, so yeah, it was really nice. I mean, in the, in the break, Oh, I mean, the race was torn apart quite early on, in fact, wasn't it? it was, it's an attritional, attritional race. Yeah. But was there, did you, because you're isolated uh, and there's no teammates with, did you actually have any kind of conversations with anybody at all? Uh, yeah, so in the break, well, I had time gaps from behind in the radio and I think it was a really good situation for us because, oh wait, sorry, are you talking about nationals? Or? Yes, nationals, oh sorry, my God. yes, it's fine. No, we'll keep this all in because uh, I think that- I, I was the, rambling the on about a different race. That, that's absolutely fine. We can maybe talk about that one off, off, off camera or off mic. And then I suddenly realised, wait, you weren't asking me about that. That's all right. No, just rewind back to the race itself. Yes, nationals, um, yeah. Yeah, how- Okay, uh, let me rephrase it because that was maybe a, slight, a slightly lazy question. At what point did you think that you could pull on those stripes? Um, five meters after the line. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, okay, I, right. I didn't, yeah. Um, no, so yeah, the break went the first time up the climb. So, and I've done this race twice before. So I knew that positioning's key and you have to be there because it's so, yeah fast into the climb and narrow and the climb itself is hard that it just does split um yeah the first time at the climb then there were only 12 of us left and we actually started working like really well together um the whole group and about halfway through the race and i started thinking oh how can i win this from this group um and i kind of didn't believe that i could if i waited till the last time up the climb um because like Anne henderson who'd obviously done such an amazing time trial and was obviously on great form um, so I thought, yeah, I need to try something early. So with two laps to go, then I put in an attack um, just to try and test the waters a bit. Um, and then I was surprised to have a bit of gap, a bit of a gap on my own. And then that did give me a bit of confidence that I thought, oh, okay, maybe I could do this. I didn't really believe it, but I thought, yeah, maybe I could. Um, and so I just thought, don't let anything stupid go up the road, just keep the group rolling together. And if there's attacks going, yeah, follow them. Um, and then, yeah, last time up the climb, then just full gas. I didn't look back. I actually hit my curb on the pavement and then I, I thought I was gonna crash and I thought, oh no, I've, I've blown it. So then, and yeah, the two times I've done it before, I've always been overtaken. So that's what I was just expecting. I just thought, yeah, they're, they're obviously gonna come past. So then, yeah, and I couldn't hear, there's just people shouting. I couldn't hear whether there was someone on my wheel or not. So then it wasn't until the line that I thought, oh my God, I've done it. <laughs> Brilliant, because it's a race like no other. It's obviously the British Championship stands alone, but to have the British Championships and the Lincoln Grand Prix combined, you've essentially got two wins for the price of one. You can put both of those races on your Palmares technically now, can't you? Yeah, and also having the under 23 jersey as of well. Of course, yeah. It was like three Tw and two one. Two visits to the podium yeah. <laughs> and, and two bits of bubbly. I think I remember commentating on your speed of getting the bubbly open as well because there was a race between the three of them oh, on the podium yeah. I trying was, to pop. I was saying, wait, 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 because <laughs> I'm a bit slow here. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, rewind then to the start of the season. What's it like being a part of DSM? I mean, they're one of the biggest uh, teams in the world across both men's and women's. And, and we, we know they've got a particular way of doing things, but you clearly settled in very, very well. Just describe what it's like being part of a setup like that. Yeah, for me, I think it's worked really well. And yeah, I'm really happy there. And 
one of the main things that I really valued about the team is kind of their focus on my long-term development because yeah my first year with them I was still doing my A-levels and then wow. yeah I had a couple of bad injuries with a concussion and then um, in yeah a year ago like in November then I broke a vertebrae in my back so there was yeah a couple of times I've had to come back and they really put the emphasis on not rushing recovery and having a long like a lot a good career for a long time not just being the best 21 year old you can um so yeah they never rushed my recovery and yeah that meant maybe I didn't develop like as fast straight out of junior but I think now I'm kind of slowly finding my feet and yeah kind of reaching more yeah reaching my potential a bit more um so yeah I've been really grateful for their support in that and yeah and what sort of right it's very early you're let's like, say you're tender age of 21 you've already got that British Championships under your belt no doubt you're going to go on to more and more success but you're very young do you what sort of rider do you think you could be uh, already it's still it's still yeah. early and I, I know you won't be able to commit to that because you you will evolve over the next few years if, if you want to you will yeah. but what what thoughts do you have what sorts of events do you think the, that you will excel in I think the classics will be yeah my okay. sort of thing kind of the short punchy climbs cobbles bad weather that's what I love and right. I think yeah I've got the power and yeah that's Flanders Roubaix those sort of rides also weather worlds this year that I love that course yeah that was fantastic yeah wasn't that it? was amazing it's absolutely amazing it was a superb course it was almost like a big Kermes really yeah, wasn't it but yeah. it was it looked like as well as physically demanding Leuven to me from the sidelines looked to be one of the most stressful races but that's part of cycling isn't it is coping with the physiological demands but yeah. also increasingly because the speed the peloton's moving at is is the, is the stress and the psychological demands as well yeah absolutely and especially for the classics positioning is the biggest thing because you can be the strongest in the race but if you're not in position for the the sectors or the climbs then yeah there's no way back because it just splits to pieces and yeah that's really important and having good technical skills not just the physicality anymore so who in your team do you look to for, for advice and who have you learned the most from within your team because it's a it's a, a broad team a really international team as well yeah. so is there a particular rider or riders or managers within the squad that you have formed quite a close bond with and have learned a lot within this in this opening year of your career yeah so um Yulia Soak who was our road captain the last two years then she really yeah looks after the young riders so when I first joined the team then she was teaching me everything and I really knew nothing so that, I learned a lot that first year um, and then also having yeah the likes of Corinne Rivera um, yeah just who's has so much experience and Leah Kirchman kind of riders who've been yeah doing this for so many years and also Florcher been in the team for I think 10 years now so wow, okay. yeah learning how the team works I think there was not just one but yeah so many riders always just trying to yeah offer their knowledge and experience which I think is really invaluable okay it's a similar question, but a slightly weirder one. Who's the who's the weirdest teammate to share a room with? Not the worst, not the best, oh. but who's like, oh my God, have they just done that? Who's Or is there one? Yeah, I want to know the weirdest teammate to share a room oh. with. Or just to hang out with. That's a tough one. <laughs> weirdest. Yeah, in a, in, a, in a good way. You don't have to kind of upset the apple, apple cart, um, but... Yeah, who's, well, who's got the strangest idiosyncrasies, do you think, in the I team think, that you're, you're close to? I think maybe I'm a weird roommate because I can sleep at half eight. Like, so at women's tour, I was, I can sleep 11, 12 hours. So I'm just like, right. I mask on and go to, so they would probably say that I'm weird in that respect. Right, okay. Um, yeah, Lorraine is a bit messy, not weird, but <laughs> a bit messy. messy. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Is she the kind of person, I had a teammate back in the day called Jeremy Hunt when we were riding for GB, who would literally walk in the room, I was very neat, he'd literally walk in the room and open his suitcase, empty it on the floor into just a pile of stuff <laughs> and just sort that out. Is that what Lorraine's like? No, or? she's not so, that okay. bad. She's, <laughs> she, she'll hate me if I say this. <laughs> no, she's not that bad, actually, no. <laughs> and, and, and what are you looking forward, what, what are the focuses for you next year? You've talked about your, your clear love for the classics and clear, clearly you have the ability to do well, but have you managed to get anything near a race program next, for next year or have you had any assurances of the program that you're going to be doing? Uh, so I don't actually have a race program yet, but kind of I've had a speak with the team about general lines and yeah, they said that I can take on more of like a leadership role in the classics. So yeah, the last couple of months I've um, yeah, been joint leaders in some races, which has been pretty cool. Um, and I'm also gonna, I've also been captain in some of the races. So that's a new role for me next year, um, which is really exciting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in some of the races, maybe when I'm not full leader, then I'll be taking more of the captain role because it's it is quite hard to combine them. Um, and then yeah, also still being part of the lead out with the Reno because yeah, we've yeah, I think we're pretty strong as a unit. So yeah, just keep working on that really. That's quite impressive to be designated road captain at 21 years of age, and and that shows a real intelligence already at such a at such a tender age. How did that come about? Was it something that the DSs approached you about very very early on when they saw that you clearly had that sort of gift? Yeah, so they've always thought I've had quite a good like tactical understanding in racing and yeah last year I did one race um, as captain just to kind of test it out Um, and then yeah this year towards the end of the season doing it a bit more just yeah I'm still learning about how to do it and also how to combine it with being a leader because then you have to focus on yeah the whole team not just your feelings and what's going on Um, but actually yeah I'm really enjoying it and it's yeah quite special to be asked to do it at my age I think yeah definitely because I think it's fair to say DSM are quite disruptive in the way they employ tactics across both men, men's and women's and, and we know that they, they run the team in a, in a completely different way and to give you that responsibility at such a young age is I wouldn't say it goes against the grain but generally that's earned over just over time isn't it so it's really intriguing that they've, they've given you that role I mean how does that actually make you feel is that do you because there's a pressure that comes with that as well isn't there how do you feel about that yeah I think They've been really good at, because I think most of the pressure comes from me. And I, when they asked me to do it, I said, oh, I don't know. That's a bit scary. What if I make the wrong decision? And they're like, yeah, so what if you make the wrong decision? Like, it's a learning curve. Definitely. And so I think none of the pressure came from them. They really think that it's something I can be good at and want to develop. And if I make mistakes, they always say that's fine. Like, and the only wrong decision you can make is not making a decision in a race. So they, I think, yeah, I felt that they really believe in me and yeah, want to kind of explore like, all the things that I can do in racing, not just, yeah, not just the racing itself, but also being a captain. Yeah. And what about possibilities for the women's tour, um, the women's tour of France next year? Yeah. Is that something that you might be thinking about or is that the year beyond or, or is that just a little bit nebulous at the moment in terms of your, um, your possible start there? Yeah, uh, I'd love to do it next year. Actually, I'm right. not. I have no idea about. Hope, yeah, hope, that, hope they're the listening to this podcast. Yeah. You're totally listening. <laughs> yeah, please listen. Yeah, I'd love to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about lineups at all, but okay. yeah, I think it's yeah something that definitely have my eyes on. And before we go to the final question, can you give us the definitive, definitive pronunciation of your name, please? My name is Pfeiffer Georgie. Not Pfeiffer Georgie Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer Georgie. I think I got it right in comms because nobody's oh, yeah. corrected me. So I'm. I'm actually, for once, I can pat myself on the back and say I got it right. I get called Georgie almost every race. Yeah, Because it does seem 
it, like it could be a surname. It's it, slightly ambiguous. I totally I know understand. It's not your fault. I, I totally understand it though, because <laughs> Pfeiffer is a surname and Georgie is a first name, and especially in Germany, Pfeiffer is a surname. So right. I get it all the time. <laughs> well, we're here in London. You've travelled up to to be at the Ruler Classic. You, you must be looking forward to it because it is a. I don't know if you have you been here before. No, never actually. You're in for a treat. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. What are you? What are you expecting? If anything, or is this, apart from doing a, a weird micro podcast with me straight off the bat, what are yeah. you expecting tonight? Uh, a lot of bikes and cool interviews with yeah people. Uh, I don't know actually <laughs> what I'm expecting. So it's a voyage into the yeah. cycling unexpected. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a good start though, isn't it? You said, we said to you and, um, and Emma, come to the green room and we're in fact in a purple room. So yeah. that's, that's slightly- First treat for me, yeah. Yeah, slightly strange, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, no, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you for the first time. And congratulations again on that wonderful success to, to gain those British stripes. And I'm really looking forward to, and I would imagine everybody listening here is looking forward to seeing you doing battle in the classics, maybe the Tour de France next year as well, in those bands. Best of luck for next year and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Five for Georgia there, who incidentally has one of the coolest sounding names in the women's pro peloton, if not the entire peloton of the entire world. Now, this annual festival of cycling simply wouldn't take place without the team at Rouleur Magazine's hard work in organising it. And one of the key cogs in that party machine is Ian Cleverly. He's the executive editor at Rouleur Magazine, after all. When he dropped in to join me in the green room, he was wearing a puffer jacket with a golden hue, which caused us to spontaneously burst into song. Ian, you, you are gold, gold. gold. Always believe in your soul. You got the power to load. You're in the bubble. Is that recording? Yeah. <laughs> Ian, yeah, Ian. Hey. All right, Matt. When was the last time we saw each other? Eight IRL. Uh, or have we seen each other? I can't remember. I don't know. Oh, I we have. We, 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 we went we, out, didn't we? Where did we go? I can't remember. Well, out, out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've spent all <laughs> afternoon sending loads of people that I haven't seen to for like two years. I've done the same thing. It's weird. It's been joyous, actually. Yes, yes. We're staying at the road at the Hoxton, and I, I'm a bit, I was a bit late because I was just hugging people yeah. that I've not seen for ages. Yeah, and, and a I, big was, old hugathon. It's just lovely, and that is what I was going to ask you what the Ruler Classics all about. But essentially, especially given the year that 18 months that everybody's just had, there's an ad. There's something more to this this year's Ruler Live. Sorry, re- rename Ruler Live now. Yes, there's something yeah. more to it, isn't there? Because it will be like a little bit of a reunion in many ways, won't it? It does feel kind of a bit sort of extra emotional, yeah. I'm, get, I'm, I'm stopping myself from getting teary, but I probably will do at some point. Yeah. Well, I, I had that. I, uh, well, I nearly got bowled over. I was in the corridor on floor one of the Hoxton, and um, this, um, I heard this call, this cry, and it was Fabian Cancellara, um, <laughs> probably, probably close to 50k an hour, running down the corridor. Nearly, nearly, nearly broke me in half, poor lad. That's not him, is it? No. Um, is he a good runner? Uh, he's a reasonable runner. Oh. Uh, he's a reasonable runner. Um, and we had a big hug. But it's moments like that, and then I couldn't leave. Then I saw Blythe, then I saw Roberto of Hatch, uh, uh, other people. I bumped into Roman Bardet on the street yesterday. On the street? On the street. I was like, was he looking doesn't dapper? Offer that. Was he basically looking of British? Because he's got. He's he's, he, or was, it, was there a French insouance no. about it? Or what, what, what was insouance? Is it insouance? Insouance. Oh, I don't know. I, don't know but I, I got that wrong. Well, in, is it insouance or insouance? Insouance. I don't know. Let's just let leave that. Um, Hatchie will tell us in a minute. <laughs> he will um, indeed. Yeah. Correct us. He's, he's offering. Um, now you say it's like, so he's with his family. So I go up and I go straight into my French, you know, which is always a mistake because then they think I can speak French. 
and I can't, but I can do a good accent and I can formulate a few sentences. Yeah. But then he starts talking to me in French and I quickly said, uh, oh, uh, Did you quickly say, arrête, Roman? Uh, yeah, yeah, Parce yeah. Because parlé rien. Roman, Roman. And it was like, uh, basically, uh, je comprends rien. Uh, I had to do that. Roman. But it's fine. So we just switched to English. We've got a cracking lineup, Nothing haven't we? Who, who are your most, not most, let, let's not rank people. Let's not do that. No. Let's not do top tens. No. But who, in particular, are you looking forward to hearing have a natter on stage? We've got some cracking guests, haven't we, haven't we this year? Yeah. Um, Bardet, of course. Yep. Um, but I'm looking forward to some of the sort of, uh, I don't know how to put it, sort of less, a bit more left field yep. guests. Um, Gabriel Colombo, for example. Mate, I met him first thing this morning, um, and he's just lovely. He's I'm lovely. To the must, chat you know, yeah, we yeah. must go and meet him before Definitely. he's absolutely, absolutely tip top guy. For our listeners, can you just explain actually who that person is? Because I'm intrigued, and I'm, that's one of the people I'm going to be talking to on stage. So just elaborate a little bit for our listeners who, okay, who that so is. Okay, so he is basically the, the, the boss of uh, Cinelli and Columbus Tubing, and um, has had a long, long. Um, association and love of art as well as bicycles now he's got his like exhibition that they that and it's got a kind of a, a reduced version of it here um but he's had an exhibition which is uh toured in the major uh museums in italy um of the history of the company now it started, well, it didn't start. It said this, these, ran, these two things ran parallel, which I found fascinating. It was like steel tubing for bicycles, yes, but also steel tubing for chairs, you know. So there's a lot of fantastic kind of Italian designs, chairs that are part of the exhibition. And it was a bit like, reminded me when I went to um, Hutchinson Tires years ago in France, and I just thought they did tires. Well, no, they do bits for aeroplanes. They do... Wellington boots. They, you know, they do all sorts of other rubber products. Products, and you would—it just doesn't occur to you. That, do you remember that Athholm Discjet, the disc wheel back in the 1980s, the Athholm disc wheels that Bernardino used to use? Yeah. They, they make trains. Right. Yeah. 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 Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I love that tangen tangential yeah. element yeah. to people that design really cool stuff. Generally, it's not—it's not, it's not um, just one thing they design, is it? It generally kind of spins off. And and, and another great brand as well, Orbea. We've gone off on a tangent here, but this is what podcasts are all about. Slightly tangent. Orbea made guns, barrels of guns before they made... And then, obviously, nobody was buying guns anymore after the war. So they started... What are we going to do with this, these machines? Well, we'll, let's make bike tubing. So we'll start a bike tubing company, a bike, a bike brand, off being a basically an, arm, an, an arms manufacturer. Fascinating. Anyway, back, well, to, I'm, back, I'm to, also, back to rule of life, perhaps. <laughs> I'm also looking forward to meeting Imogen, Imogen Cotter because she's somebody that I've, I've kind of... Um, Championed for quite a while, and the magazine has, and, and current and Irish road champion, and and yep. then she becomes brilliant Irish road champion, as, as coming from a kind of a a sort of a, a Zwift e racing kind of um, background, and, and and doing it that way. Um, and in fact, I had I had two tickets that I'd bought months ago um, for an Irish singer by the name of Declan O'Rourke in okay. King's Cross tomorrow night. Do you know Declan O'Rourke? I'm just pointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, our producers so of, course, of course, I couldn't go. But I, I didn't think about it when I bought them. I messaged her. I said, I, I don't suppose this is your bag, is it? Like, you know, because obviously he's, he's, no, he's no spring chicken. Do you know what I mean? She said, I bloody love him. 
I'll take them off your hands. That's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's quite nice. For anybody who's listening to this podcast who hasn't been to Ruler Live, said they're listening to us the week after it's done, or the Ruler Classic in the past, for future, tell them why they should come. Why should people come to this? I love it, I work on it, and it's an utter privilege and a pleasure, but why should the punter come along? What, what makes this such a unique event and, a, and a, such a unique proposition? I guess, I think it's, to my mind, it's, it's just the right size. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like... We've That's all, a really we've, good idea. Yeah, we've I all like been that. to bike shows where you just wander around aimlessly around um, massive exhibition halls, and you just don't feel like you've... It doesn't feel very satisfying, and you see a lot of stuff that you think, "Oh, okay, that doesn't really do anything for me." Um, and we kind of tr- try and keep it to. They stuff. can be a bit sterile sometimes, can't they? Yeah, I mean, I we, we all work in the industry, but they can. Compared to this, there's a little bit, little bit of I don't know, a little bit of sterility, perhaps. Yeah, it's like if if you're going to bring stuff to this show, like it needs to be. Bling. You also have want you to seen be, the Pinarellos? I've not been. I've, I've just come in. I mean, oh, uh, no, oh, I'm going to be talking to. Talk about bling. Yeah, Fausto Pinarello yeah, on stage yeah, yeah. tonight, uh, and obviously this will be in the past when you're listening to this podcast. But I'm very much looking to that, uh, looking forward to that. But no, yeah. I, might, I better go and check it out and do a little bit of uh, looking at lovely bikes. But, I mean, that's the actual show side of it. And apart from that, what yeah, we put on the stage is is insane. The, the you know the, the talent that we get to come and um, and it's. I, I think it's. I think we've really nailed it this year you know and it was difficult to start because people were not prepared to commit you know a few months ago it's like well yeah it was awful, who knows what's going to happen you know and so it was difficult to get people to commit but um once it was clear they could come um it all fell into place Lovely. so you've told people why they should come and the, the question i should have asked you first is what is it describe what this is <sighs> Because, again, many well, people, we've got a lot of international listeners who will be thinking, well, well, what actually is this? I've obviously maybe read about it. But describe, as a person in the midst of it, the editor of the magazine as well, you've been with Rula for years and years and years. You're part and parcel yeah, right. of, of what it is. Um, you know, so what, what is it? Well, I think the tagline is, it's like a party in the best bike shop in the world. That's a great. I think we, we could good. almost we could almost leave it at that. Oh, no, that's yeah, enough. I, I, I'm quite and happy to leave it. That should intrigue you. I'm quite happy to leave that. that should, I think that was <laughs> from a visitor from one of the first years we did it, and yeah. we went, oh, "We'll have that." That's a great yeah. line. Yeah, that, that's it. That's it. It is. A, it's it's a lot of fun, isn't it? And and it's lovely to see. And as we said right at the very beginning, um, I can't remember at what time we started recording this because I don't know whether we, the opening was the colour of your puffer jacket or not, because that looks to me in the right light as if it could be the same colour as Richard Carapaz's gold in inverted commas Pinarello um I'd have to go and check no I didn't I was standing near it earlier no oh, I, it I don't think it's that is, yeah is, is, is Car- oh. yeah yeah blimey I've only come in the Matt, back entrance and did this the best pod. bike show in the world of course oh, it's here of course, of course Olympic champions bike bikes so I'll go and check it out so well, later on then, um, yeah. maybe we'll stick it in the uh, the advertising for this pod, the, the promo uh, for the pod. We'll have you in your puffer jacket stood next to Carapaz's bike, and then people can vote. Great idea. Contrast Rob, Rob Hatch is next time. He's uh, nodding in the background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, last, no, last question, because yeah. it's been lovely chatting to you, because we'll do some more chatting later. No. What's your favourite bit about, about Ruler Live? What the, what's your favourite bit? Apart from, it, that, apart from the podcast just before it starts. <laughs> do you know what my favourite bit is usually Friday night when we go out for a beer oh yeah because there's the social aspect as well it's there intrinsically part of the fabric yeah. of it isn't it because Thursday's a bit crazy so yeah. you've got to go 
steady. Yeah, but Friday night finish that a little bit earlier. It's about pacing. There is a pacing strategy. It's pacing. A three day. This isn't pacing. one day. It's about if you go up, if you if you do a Bobrick, a, a Bobridge, sorry, a Bobrick. Well, he, he did. Get, well, he was a pursuer, wasn't he? Yeah. I got me Australians and me Russians mixed up. Um, yeah, and then it's you just got to hang in there for the Saturday. Yeah, and uh, push through. Yeah. And, and hopefully just finish inside the time limit on the Saturday afternoon. Exactly. Done that a few times, mate. Yeah. Nearly got eliminated two years ago, but I made it. Great. Lovely talking to you. Oh, Let's go and take mate. that photo in a bit. Okay. What a great sport. No better host for this party. Now, it's time for my chat with Rob Hatch. And you'll know Rob's voice from his fantastic sports commentary career, whether that's from his football Italia days or more recently, his cycling commentary for GCN and Eurosport. And over the last few years, we've not just become colleagues, but also great friends too. Well, let's stick with coats. Um, I'm not going to ask you the colour of that one because it looks like a dark grey, black, maybe even a navy. Because um, that's the problem when you're buying coats of a really, really dark colour, Rob. Mm. Um, Rob Hatch, with at the moment. With, with the intro. It's nice to see the actual Matt Stevens yeah, again, actually, because <laughs> we've is. only seen each other over Zoom calls. We had a big hug, didn't we? We were talking about we hugging people. You could probably not. We could probably have the ruler, ruler life in the Hoxton, really, in the reception area, couldn't you? We could, yeah, definitely. But I mean, we want everybody else to see it. Of so course. it's a good job. Well, oh, that was here. a little bit selfish. <laughs> good point. You're, you're always on the money. You're always the consummate oh, pro. I've been, I've been away for two years, so I have to, you know, be well, ready. I'm ready to see people again because oh, it is amazing. Because we have worked together. I'm sorry to indulge lot. in this, everybody no, not listening. But this is what, yeah, this we indulge. have worked together, and we've seen each other electronically a lot. Yes. Which makes it very strange then to realise that we haven't seen each other in person for two years and I'm having this realisation with just about everybody else. Do you think it might have been the London Six Day that we last saw each other in 2019? It could well have been. I think, and that's basically two years, but it doesn't seem like it, although physically no. it, it has been that length of time. So much has happened, it's gone so quickly, the, the world has changed. Yes. And yet finally here we are. I'd um, like to bury that trauma for the minute if we can. Yeah, and, let's, not, um, let's not get too <laughs> emotional. Uh, but no, Rob, it's, it is... It's diamond. It's lovely to see you looking. You're you looking too, fabulous. You're looking healthy. You're looking well. Um, that's because I've got this slimming. You said it was dark. That's because I've got slimming nice. colours on. That's I'm going to try and describe it. It, it does. It's a, a proper old old school. Well, it's it's a timeless classic. It's a it's a it's, it's an a Ian Curtis job, isn't it? It's it? an Ian Curtis. Division, yeah, yeah, but it, it's a, we we should really imagine if you could do podcasts, <laughs> but in black and white, but for your ears. Can you do that? Can you run it through like a filter? Put some hiss on it. Put some, yeah. Put some <laughs> analog hiss on it, and then close your eyes. We'll just pause for a bit. We're in Macclesfield, 1981. <laughs> <laughs> so. it, well, yeah, well, it always seemed to be great. It's always great in Macclesfield. Great. Sorry, I mean, Macclesfield It's lovely, people. but it's, it gets a bit cloudy there, isn't mm, it? Mm, it yeah. It's a bit cloudy. I'm moving up, up north. Got Are a house bought in Derby. We'll talk about yeah. that a bit later on. But went off on a tangent. Sorry about that. But, Rob, Ruler, Ruler Classic has changed. Ruler Live now. Yes. We've both been had the privilege of doing it on a number of occasions, um, right back to the very beginning. What... What makes it such a, a special and let's let's face it, unique um, proposition? It's an end of season party. You can see all of your heroes. We can see our heroes as well. Yeah. It's not just for the people who come and buy a ticket and yeah. will have to put up with us on the stage for a couple of hours as well. I suppose that's something they have to put up with to to see their heroes. Um, and well, you know the end of the seasons here. This year, it is like it's the end of two seasons in one because we had the funny season last year. Yep. Everything condensed this year, working apart, not being able to go to the races as much and things like that. So it is a big party and it's just great to see people again. And I know this must be repeated 
a stupid amount of occasions and we're going to probably repeat it a silly amount of occasions on the on the stage again this evening and over the course of the three nights but it's just lovely to be able to see people again interact with the audience and see people smiling at seeing their heroes and you and I are going to be talking to different people. I'm going to be talking to Marcel Kittle first thing. Fantastic. And when we put all of his wins up again, I've just seen somebody else I haven't seen for a long time. Um, and people see that. They see the man. Uh, sort of a realisation that we've come full circle and we're hearing it. I don't want to get too philosophical. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, we're, we're talking about cycling. There are more important things, I'm sure, in life. Shh don't tell too many people that I guess here but uh, yeah it's just me absolutely brilliant to see people smiling having fun that's what it's all about isn't it because there's a, a real intimacy to this mm. I know Ian was talking about it earlier on I mean there's nothing wrong with it with a grand scale cycling expo because they, they serve a purpose for the business but th this is something that's never been done before mm. although it's in year four or five now I think after the year's break but there the thing that I like about it the most is the fact that it has got that party kind of vibe, but there's a real intimacy and you get really up close to the, the, the stalls are kind of smaller, you can get really up close. And, and also the, the, the range of people that we have, it is like being at a really small acoustic gig, isn't it? To, to use a musical analogy. So I think the thing that brings it alive for me is the proximity that you, you, you get to the products, the brands and, and the people themselves uh, and friends too. And it doesn't matter if you're a number crunching, and you're interested in what's, if you like the mountains, if you like the romance of everything, there's something for you. I mean, I'm going to be speaking to Roman Bardet later on, yep. but I'm sure we'll be talking about the romance of all the grand tours and things like that. But then again, you can go back in have a look at the exhibition, see the latest tech. There's just about everything. And, and it is a broad church, isn't it? You know, I think we're all into cycling for different reasons. And for me, I think it was always about the travel, the exploring element, the cultural element, and that brings you into different things. But I know there are people who love the science and the numbers, and, and they're going to get their fill as well. And it's just something for everybody. I love it. It's my favourite event of the year. It is. It is an absolute cork. I'm. I'm looking forward to. It. We're about an hour away now, mm. give or take, till, till the doors open on the on the on the first Thursday night. But just to step away from London briefly, because people are so familiar with your voice over the last few years, listening to you on, on, on Eurosport and also a little bit on the BBC previously, Radio Five Lives, football, etc. Can you just explain? how you've been broadcasting over the last couple of years. Those of us in the know, no, because we, we work very closely with you. But just to put people into a little bit, to put things into a little bit of perspective, how have you been broadcasting and how have we been hearing your dulcet tones over the Tour de France, et cetera, et cetera, over the last couple of years? The wonders of technology, <laughs> the internet. Um, thankfully being able to buy things online. Uh, I set up a home studio when all this happened and you and I were talking because we did the, thing, the first or second week of lockdown, you and I did a, a project together and we were working, recording our voices for a, a fictional Flan tour of Flanders. Yeah, Flanders, that's right, yeah. And yeah. we were using the built-in microphones on our laptops. That's right. <laughs> and it probably could have sounded a lot better, let's say. Yeah. Thankfully it worked. Blimey. But at that moment, I think I realized that, okay, I mean, I live abroad. So, I mean, I used to travel a lot. We did it though, didn't we? Yeah. We did it. And I used to travel a lot back and forth. It was obvious that that wasn't going to be possible for a long time. I think even at the start, we thought that, I mean, maybe we didn't think two years, but we yeah. certainly thought six months, 12 months, something like that. So I built a home studio and I've been in my little broom cupboard in the mountains in Spain. Um, and talking to everybody over video link and we've had the old technical problem, things like that, but it's been a completely new experience and on all at a time when the industry's changing. Yes. I mean, you and I can have a chat about this at a different yeah. time, but the industry's yeah, yeah. changing a heck of a lot. We broadcast for a lot of hours now. We broadcast parts of racing that, that weren't broadcast before. Exactly. Um, and it is all completely Juan Antonio. brand new. Please. As Juan Antonio Juan. Flecha comes back. <laughs> Pasa, Juan. Bien. Bien. 
Muy bien, tío. Um, Catch you in a bit. <laughs> and, uh, and lots of different things, yeah. Lots of different things that have, that have changed. And, and in a brand new setup, it has been, it's been an eye opener. We should maybe take some pictures the next time that we do something together. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think as part of the promo, maybe we'll get a picture of you from inside your little studio in, in Mallorca, isn't it? That you live for a while now. But uh, Rob, I think... Um, it's probably time to wrap things up. It's been an absolute Definitely. pleasure. A, a gonna, pleasure people are going to be sick of me on stage. Because like, you are, you're, 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 the, you're the opening act. Forward well, slash gambit, are you? Can't supporting semi. act. Support, oh, yeah, Marcel Kittle's the opening act. Yeah, but come on, but come you'll on. be speaking words before him. I, I guess um, so. I technically, guess so. you know, don't shy away from the facts. You will be opening this year's Ruler Live. And it's been, mate, it's been a pleasure. I'll catch it with later for a beer. I and I'll, I'll come and watch you and Marcel have an anatomy. But for now, it's been a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. What a top lad Rob is, a pleasure to speak to as ever. Well folks, that was our Ruler Live special and what a lot of fun it was. And don't forget to check out ruler.cc if you can make it down here on either November the 5th or the 6th. Although I do appreciate plenty of you might listen to this podcast way off into the future when real world parties are but a distant memory and we're all just floating brains being fed by protein pipes in some kind of dystopian metaverse. Thanks to Perry App Gwyneth for the podcast theme tune and thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and feel free to contact myself or Sigma Sports on social media. Finally, a massive thanks again to Pfeiffer, Rob and Ian for joining us in this special episode of Matt Stevens Unplugged. All the very best to everyone here at Ruler Live in London, having a great time and enjoying a drink. I think I'm going to have to sign off now and join them. Cheers all, stay safe and goodbye. <laughs>